You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Well, hello everybody. Greetings and welcome to episode 37 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast. As always, I am your host, your gracious, ever-loving, blue-eyed host, the Pimp Cron from the Pimp Cron Dynasty. And I, if this is the first time you've ever tuning in, I am joined on every segment of the show by some amazing guest. Uh, whether it be, you know, my beautiful wife or my great friends like Just James, Loremaster Alex, McStorman, uh, all those people. And um, we discuss things that will hopefully ignite the flame of hobby in each and every one of you because we are not a competitive podcast. We are a, uh, I don't know, creative, hobby-based podcast. And we like, you know... Uh, things and stuff. So let's get on with the show. What are we talking about tonight? This is episode 37, as I said, and in no particular order, as you should already be aware, unless of course this is the first time you've listened. We have a hilarious Tesseract mailbox tonight where I am scamming a scammer via email, and this is not my intention. I don't want this segment to always be about me emailing scammers, but good God, I had a blast with it, and now he won't re- return my emails. So, Cronet is on there with me, and uh, it's it's pretty pretty damn funny. Uh, and uh, we also have McStorman on with me for, well, here's an idea. And he discusses a, a very interesting mechanic of basically um, unlocking different ranks and badges in your club, your wargaming club, by unlocking different achievements. And that's very interesting to me, so we discuss that. I have a want that or not, uh, want that or want that not without anybody else, just by myself, and I discuss the uh, the long-ass name for that Adeptus Mechanicus thing. It's Civitus Imperialis Administratum Sector, and um, uh, we'll see if we want that or want that not on that one. Um, if you've been following along, we're not a huge fan of the Adeptus Titanicus because of uh, various reasons despite their adorable um, Imperial Knight models. And we also have a Get Brittle with the Pimpcron, where we start the Mud Flats, and that is part of supplement book number two, the Psychotropics. And it's, uh, that is the, if you're, if you're unaware, and you're hearing me stutter at this moment, that is Brutality Skirmish Wargame. You can find all the files on facebook.com slash Brutality Skirmish Wargame. Join our group, see what people are doing with their hobby, building war bands, having fun, playing games, and you can download all the files for free, which is awesome. It's 28mm, you use your own models, and the rules, as I said, are free, so there's no reason why you are not joining that group unless you're just a terrible person. In that case, you should probably still join the group. And we also have a real talk with the Pimpcron, and that is with Cronet once again. And we discuss the moral dilemma behind getting other people into Warhammer. And that probably goes without any explanation whatsoever. So I want to let every one of you know that I've decided that I want to 
occasionally single out a Patreon patron and just thank them specifically because they are our only sponsor. And if you want to join them and support the show, which you love so much, I know you do. It's the highlight of your life weekly. Uh, no, seriously, though, I do appreciate any support you can give. You can go to patreon.com slash pimpcron and figure out how to do that. Um, you know, $1 a month or whatever would be just awesome. But you know what? Tonight we have a true legend. We have Andrew B. is one of our funky Cryptech level supporters. He's been a supporter since day one. And I just want to thank him from the bottom of my heart and say thank you so much for helping support this show and support my weekly articles and support Brutality, which, of course, is a free game. So uh, thank you so much, Andrew B., for all of your patronage and all of you other Patreon patrons. You will get your turn. Um, But today is sponsored by Andrew B. on Patreon. So without further ado, let's start the show. Let's open the Tesseract Mailbox. Hey y'all, it's the Tesseract Mailbox, and today is a very sad day for me. Do you know why that is, Cronat? You lost a model? No, I never lose models. Your children broke a um, model? Are they all still breathing? Yeah. Then they didn't break a model. Okay. Just kidding. Um, I probably have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Uh, so today I have been, uh, for the last couple weeks, I have been trolling a scam artist and, uh, we started out with an email and unfortunately, um, I didn't copy the original email, but basically it said that, um, this was at, I believe it was shorehammer at gmail.com, the shorehammer email. But anyway, basically it was a guy from Africa and he was with uh, bank Antiqua or something like that. And basically said that. I had a family member die recently, and it was a distant family member, and they had no heirs, and that he had uh, some ridiculous amount of money. I think it was $14 million waiting for me, and that we would, uh, all I had to do was fill out a bunch of information, and I would be privy to those $14 million. That's wonderful. We could use $14 million. I mean, who couldn't, right? That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, you know... All of my aspirations and goals, I'm roughly 14 million short. So it was pretty, uh, pretty neat. So I decided to start talking to him. Okay. Now, um, I will get you to read the black is the black words here are me, and the red words here are his responses. Okay. And there's definitely some sort of language barrier there, which also makes it much funnier. And, um, uh, some of it just doesn't make sense. So anyway, I've been, I've really enjoyed this, but unfortunately it's come to an end because he has stopped replying to my emails. <laughs> so uh, this was what, what you're going to uh, read first is my response to his initial, the email. initial okay. email. Yep. Okay. So am I going to read both the black and yeah. the red? Yes. Okay. This is me talking to him. Okay. Hello, Mr. Gene. I got an email from you saying that I have some inheritance coming my way. Would this be from a lady named Martha Mayhew? She lived in Nebraska. I last, uh, as last I recall, kindly, Robert. Okay, stop right there. So I was hoping to lead him on and make him jump on it and go, oh, yes, Martha Mayhew in Nebraska. I was trying to act like, you know, I was giving up information like you would to like a uh, psychic. 
Okay. You know? So let's see what he says. This is interesting. Oh my goodness. This is a long one. It says, thank you for your, or thank you for your mail, but I must be frank with you. This is coexistent from the way you should, or the way you sound am confused that you're not the very person. I may not be the very person. Well, you may not understand the content of my mail, but for the fact that I respect your age. How does he know your age, Mr. <laughs> Robert? I don't know. Um, anyway, so I respect your age, and that give me much trust that I can come file on you. <laughs> does he know about your process? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. This okay, is, I'm sorry. This, we got to keep going here. I can come hyphen file on you c-o-m hyphen file i don't know what that is com file don't you know <laughs> he's gonna com file me <laughs> all right not in the hair i have a date later go ahead uh, oh as i write to you on my previous email one bar joseph and i who's one bar uh, bar joseph was like the attorney of my uh family member who died or whatever. Uh, okay so one so one bar joseph and i had a deal that if i use my power as the director of operation of bank atlantic lome Tugo to char uh, to change the document unclaimed estate of late customer. So they don't even give you the name. It's just unclaimed estate of late customer. Of a national um, a nationality of your country. Well, then why from Tugo or whatever is he calling anything on our country? So Togo I researched is a tiny tiny uh, country on the um, you know Africa's kind of like an L shape upside down. Yeah. In the hip, the inside hip of that on the southern end, right on the ocean, is a little country called Togo. And the town is, the city is Lome, which he's in, oh, or, or Lome, whatever. Okay. So anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep continue here. So a nationality of your country. We both agree that when I approve the payment, they are going to pay me the sum of USD. So 800.00. So I guess that's 800,000. I don't know, because he says 800,000 and then writes out the word thousand. Eight hundred thousand thousand. Sure, but they decide to play the fast one on me. That is why I stopped the payment for about nine months now, and I have not sent my eye on set my eye on set him. my eye on him again. But the documents file is open on my table. That is why I have contacted you. The amount in question is USD, so United States dollar, fourteen million. It will be easy for me to approve to you because the last name remained the same with yours. By the way, I haven't told him my last name yet, idiot. I will only approve the payment to you on the condition that 40 par, par cent. cent. Yeah, for, for, for <laughs> 40-par-cent, um, S-E-N-T, of this money comes to me. Then I will package it and send it... To you, True American Express Amex card, which you will have to pay for the DHL service charge to their office. So you actually have to pay for the card to be active, but he'll put the $14 million so, on there for so you. So this seems like a paltry sum. Okay, he's getting $800,000, <laughs> and I'm getting $14 million, but he's really going to stick me on the shipping cost of an Amex card? 
Wow, that is... That's pretty rough. So what else does he want from me? Okay, so what he needs from you, he says, furnish me the following datas. One, your full names. Two, your complete address. Three, your age and sex. Four, your occupation. Five, marital status. Six, your country of origin supported by an identification document. So he actually wants documents. I didn't send him any, but yeah. Yeah. And seven, your contact phone number. Okay, so... What I replied to this is my full name is Rebute Gilliman, address 1600 Imperial Lane, Washington, D.C., age and sex 71 and male, marital status single, country of origin is unknown, I was adopted, and then for my phone number, I gave him the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast number in case he was actually going to call me. Did he call you? No, he didn't. That was a sad... That was a sad. And that I agree. was. A, you know, the worst part about reading this is actually there's literally not a single period. I don't think I've come across a single period in this. Oh yeah, um, I've noticed commas are often used in place of a period. Like this one right here is four lines and it's one sentence. Yeah, it's one line. So and also in the money, in any of the monies <laughs> category, the, there's periods where I would expect commas. Yeah, it's like vice versa. Anyway, it's weird. So here he responds. Thanks for your understanding and the data sent to us. Your data will be forwarded to the bank and you are advised to contact the online payment bank at once for your mode of payment at once. In this case, I will advise you forward to me any message that was sent to you from the bank so I can be able to direct you on what to avoid any mistakes that will jeopardize the good interest of this transaction. Note that this transaction is something that we have to handle very carefully and very seriously like two grown-ups, not like two children. No, serious like two grown-up. Oh, I'm sorry, like two grown-up. I actually made it grammatically correct here. And I respected your age. You are grown up enough to handle this matter with me. So my good friend, just bring... Oh, he's calling you a good friend. Sorry. So my good friend, just bring out yourself and work with me and leave the rest for God and see what will happen in the next few days. You will prove me right. Thanks for your understanding. And I wait to hear from you soon as possible. So it's interesting that um, I think he's asking for a dick pic. I'm not sure. He says, bring yourself out and work with me. <laughs> I don't know if you want to like meet me on Snapchat or something. I don't know. Hey, you know what? If you want to share your process he, with him and, you know, work with yourself and him and be grown up about it. I think he heard about the process and I think he's interested. Anyway, it says regards, Mr. Gene, blah, 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 operator of de- direction, uh, yeah. operator of operations. So um, he, in this email, he sent me the thing to fill out with the bank. Okay. But I decided, obviously, with a uh, scammer, you never, ever open any document ever that they send send you any attachment mm-hmm. so i didn't do it and i wanted to keep him like basically keep him on the phone keep okay. talking to him so i pretended like i didn't see his attachment and i replied mr gene please send me the document and i will sign immediately so then he replies dear rebute gilliman contact the bank at once sign at the Sign at the down of application form in the attachment and send to the bank. Now tell the bank you are waiting for the approval of your inheritance fund urgent. Here is the bank contact below. Not below, but below. Below. Contact the bank now. Bank de 
Atlantique. Atlantique. Yeah. Atlantic. Okay, so this is my response to him. Okay, Mr. Gene, I also respect your age a great deal, and I see that you have my best interest at heart. I feel that we can both be grown-ups about this. I could really use the money right now, I, as I am currently under investigation for transmitting fraudulent correspondence. <laughs> you must believe that I did not mean to end those... <laughs> you... You must believe that I did not mean to end those people, but as they say, the pumpkin pie won't bake itself, haha. Please send me the form and I will get started. So, after saying that, he didn't reply to me. So then I had to email him again. Uh, You said, Mr. Gene, please send me the document. So now, it's several days later and he finally replies. Dear Rabute Gilliman, yes, as per your post, must have been great. Vacation, I was well, have fun times with the family. Document is attached. So then I replied. Mr. Gene, I am very sorry to tell you this, but you and I may now be in the same noose. My attorney is now saying that you may be called by the police. The court found out that I told you my story and they want to call you with questions. (laughs) Uh, If they do, you cannot tell them that the weapon was thrown in the Hudson River. (laughs) It was about the ending people. Uh, That would get you in even more trouble. That uh, that is what they look for. The weapons I killed my family with. Scott! (laughs) Please don't rat on me or this will not end well for you! (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell him about the weapons. So needless to say, he didn't reply. So my next email. Mr. Gene. I have not heard from you. Please, send the documents. These court fees are piling up. I need the money. And he doesn't reply. I email again. Mr. Gene, you have not answered my messages lately. I email again. Mr. Gene, I respect your age, man. Answer me. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, like two weeks after not answering me, I email him one last time. Mr. Gene, has the FBI called you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And that's it. But here's the thing that really gets me. Yes, as per your post must have been great, vacation, I as well have funny times with the family. (laughs) (laughs) And that was after you said something about ending them. Yeah, I said I end those people. I I must, you must believe me, I did not mean to end those people. But as they say, the pumpkin pie won't bake itself. Ha ha. Uh Yes, as per your post must have been great. Vacation, <laughs> I as well have funny times with the family. Document is attached. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what he thought I was saying when I, because I said the pumpkin pie, maybe that threw him off. I was trying to make a phrase like that he wouldn't know exactly. Anyway. Yeah, I can get that by the fraudulent transmissions or whatever you said. Like the Inve- Yeah, uh, I could really use the money right now. I am currently under investigation <laughs> for transmitting fraudulent correspondence. <laughs> so You have way too much free time. I don't know where you was, get the free time. That was my fun anyway. I enjoyed it. So hopefully you guys got a chuckle out of it. Um, unfortunately, Mr. Gene quit talking to me. 
So I don't know why. I don't know why. He just basically told him some sort of murder <laughs> story and then thought he was under investigation by the FBI. <laughs> Thank God you didn't download his file because then he would have uh, some sort of yeah. proof. So anyway, and you cannot tell the police that I threw the murder weapon in the Hudson, Hudson River. River. Like, why would anybody ever share that with a random person? Like, ever? Like... So I guess he just stopped answering me. He was afraid to be some sort of like, yeah. uh, what's it called? Uh, accomplice. Yeah, accomplice to murder. Oh my goodness, Scott. Anyway. Pimpron, anyway. So that was my fun. <sighs> I um, can tell. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So, um, all right. Thanks, guys. Later. Want that or want that not? Hey everybody, it's Want That or Want That Not, and today I'm all alone, I'm just the Pimpcron, and I wanted to cover some more of the Adeptus Titanicus stuff, and they just came out with a new terrain set called Civitas Imperialis Administratum Sector, and it's a bunch of little buildings. So, if I were the PR person, I'd probably just call it Bunch O Little Buildings Pack, but um, it's, it's really just... A bunch of little buildings. They've got fancy names for them. The buildings themselves are pretty cool, actually. I can't I can't really poop on them too much. They appear as if they stack potentially, um, because all the buildings have a like a, a rim around the top, and it almost looks like they plug onto each other like Legos in some instances. So that may not be the case, but a couple of them look like they could plug and play on top of each other. The look of it is exactly what you'd think. Um, they also they all basically look like small versions of the um, imperial buildings that we've already seen, the administratorum, whatever, you know, the hab blocks and whatnot. So it's a lot of arches, a lot of gothic themes, a lot of steeples, things like that. And, you know, honestly, it all looks really cool. Like, I have nothing bad to say about any of the design of this. And if you look at any of the pictures of the actual Adeptus Titanicus models in pictures with this terrain, it looks pretty damn cool. So, that is all fine. Okay? It's just fine. Until you get to the whopping $75 price tag. Oh, no, I'm sorry. $100 price tag for the Civitas Imperialis Administratum Sector. $100... Oh, nope, I was wrong. $125 for all of these little buildings. And you get 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So you get 14 little buildings. That's kind of cool. You know, they look really cool. Um, $125 is a lot. To, oh shit. I was wrong. $150 is how much this set costs. $150. Good God. What is wrong with this game? I have no idea where GW is coming up with these prices for Adeptus Titanicus. I mean, honestly, I know I've shit on this game before with Loremaster Alex and you know, maybe we're a little too hard on it because I do, I truly do love the tiny little Imperial Knights, like the size of a Ogren. Um, love those, love those to death. They're adorable. But 
uh, $150 for 14 or 15, I forget what I said, 14 or 15 tiny, tiny buildings is bullshit, is what it is. So the first thing that comes to mind is did they just literally hire a bunch of 1980s businessmen high off cocaine to make these uh, sale prices? Because I just, it's unconscionable. Honestly, it's irresponsible to <laughs> to have a price of tiny little buildings for 150 freaking dollars. So it is, um, according to them, it's a huge array of scenery for Adeptus Titanicus. And, you know, that's cool. Looks great. But I have no idea how they come up with their prices for these. Because all of the knights that we've seen are freaking ridiculously priced for how big they are and, and how much plastic is involved in, in you know, buying them and or making them. And these buildings are no exception. They They might have actually increase their price per ounce of plastic used and obviously their prices aren't based strictly off of cost for obvious reasons because they're a company and they have their ip and everything but good god so i don't know if you've picked up on my subtle context clues or not but this is definitely a want that not for me if I had any reservations about Adeptus Titanicus, which I already did, clearly, because we've pretty much pooped on it every time we've talked about it, uh, with the exception of the tiny little uh, Imperial Knights, if I had any reservations about getting into this game, I would be like, well, you know what, maybe take a look at this train set, maybe it's really reasonable, you know, whatever, and then maybe I might get into it. Uh, no, that didn't happen. $150 for a bunch of tiny buildings. I, 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 I'm at a loss. So this is definitely a want that not for the old Pimpcron. And I'm sorry you had to sit here and hear me whine about it because they have lost their damn mind. Toodles. Now here's an idea. All right, well, here's another segment of, well, here's an idea, and this is the Pimpcron. Today, I'm joined by Mick Storman. Hello. And Mick Storman came to me with a pretty neat idea, and what exactly was that, Mick Storman? Uh, I was thinking of, of a uh, system called a performance qualification standard. In the military, we would uh, perform, you got to perform certain tasks to advance either through a rank or rate, or if you want to advance on a uh, piece of equipment, you had to demonstrate d performing a certain task so many times and efficiently like like give me some examples of tasks you'd have to do uh for example like one of them if you're driving the boat you would have to pick someone out of the water eight times in less than three minutes and once you did that those eight times you would get that sign off and, okay and then if you complete the packet then you would advance in rank or you advance in that piece of equipment where you qualify to operate it that's pretty neat actually um I hate to, I hate to uh, uh, compare this. I'll have to cut that out. I, I hate to have to compare this to Girl Scouts, but it's kind of like the badges. Like you, you do something and you get a rank saying, "Hey, I've completed this task." Right? Yeah, I mean, it's essentially the same, exactly the same thing. Um, what's really cool about it? It gives you more incentive to play the game. Uh, me personally, if I was playing Warhammer it would make me want to play it more just to get my sign-offs done. That's what we call in the military, we call them sign-offs. And uh, it just, it just, it's a, I think it would be a lot of fun to uh, have a goal every time you play the game. 
That is pretty interesting, actually. So you could actually have some sort of like ranking, you know, like you've done this or you've done that or whatever. And once you've completed X amount of whatever, like what could you do? Like if you had a fully. okay, here's one. Um, I'm just trying to spitball here. All right. Uh, if you had like so many points of an army fully painted. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. You would. It would. Or, I mean, it could be. It could be s- silly things from ha- you only had five, uh, troops left on the field to you beat your opponent um ten times and you got that particular sign off done. Yeah. Or um, let's say you won a local tournament. Yep. That would be one. Um, you'd have to be like a local tournament of five people mm-hmm. or of 10 people or of 50 exactly. people or whatever. And there'd be different ranks to that. And then the higher rank you advance, just like in the military, the higher rank you are, the more difficult the sign-offs get, the performance qualifications. Um, you can even do one specifically to where you can only get a sign-off if you play a tournament in a gaming store. Yeah. So it makes people want to branch out and do more things to get these qualifications done. Or like ITC, the uh, I think it's the Independent Tournament Circuit, I think it's called, for Warhammer, is like the biggest tournament circuit, in my opinion. And um, it's basically nationwide. I think it's worldwide. And um, basically, you have your own rank. They do have player ranks, but it's purely for tournament. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with, you know, free play or painting or whatever. And this would be somewhat similar to that. And like you said, it gets harder. So you'd have to get top three in an ITC ranked tournament yeah. or whatever, you know. Um, that would be pretty cool, and I wonder how many of these we could already be marking off. Oh, there's, I mean, the it, you could come up with all kinds of um, examples and, and goals, and not only just for performance, but also they'd also test you on intelligence. Like uh, we would get questions asked, what, what are the types of stability, and you would have to demonstrate the definition word by word, and you could not miss one oh, word to get that <laughs> to get that sign off. So basically. The knowledge test in the military was very strict, and like I said, you could not get one word off. And you could do the same thing a Warhammer. It could, <laughs> it, it could also be like you have to be in front of your friends and like two or more friends, and they have to ask you questions. And if you don't get it right, then you don't get that sign off done for that day. So I, it'd be kind of fun to have like a knowledge um, PQS standard as well. That would be pretty cool. It could be like. Um what's the phrase of this chapter or what's the home planet of the towel or what yep. like that actually could be pretty cool. And you, or what if you, uh, one of the mark off things would be that you read one full novel, Warhammer novel. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And, or you've read five or and, you've read. And the same thing. And based on your rank, it would be easy questions at first. If you're very yeah. low, it'd be very generic. What, what is the, the difference between Kron? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a Warhammer person. Kron and, and Mary Lou, the, Mary Lou the Primarch, yeah, 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 exactly. And then if you could demonstrate the the difference between the two, you would get that sign off done. Very neat idea. Um, so I could I could definitely say that you know you there'd be different steps to how many points of an army you've got fully painted mm-hmm. five hundred a thousand two thousand whatever. Um, then you could also do one for how many armies you own with at least two thousand points, mm-hmm. which of course me and James would ace that. I've got like fourteen <laughs> armies. James got like twenty four. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sign off done. Um. But, uh, and of course, it wouldn't be retroactive, though, unfortunately. So, like, you know, reading books and whatnot, it would be like you have to go out and read one novel, like a Black Library novel, yep. which is their brand of novels. Uh, that's a pretty neat idea, honestly. And the, the, the cool thing about it is that in order to get these sign-offs done in the military, it would have to be someone that's higher ranked than you to sign them off. <laughs> but in this, in this version, you could just be someone that witnessed you do it. Or like your store owner, or, or your store owner yeah. exactly. You couldn't do it yourself. You you have to be another person's signature. But 
it would bring I think it would make the gun more the gum the game more enjoyable if you had a goal every time you went over your friend's house to play. That would be that would be pretty neat. If you had like an app or something, you could even make badges for stuff. Yeah. And like you pull up your portfolio on your phone and it's like you just scrolling down all these badges of I've done this, I've done that. And like I said, it's just it's just mostly for bragging rights, and it'd be kind of fun if you went to a tournament and then everyone was showing their ranks, and then they would yeah. address you by your proper rank. You know, <laughs> it'd be kind of it'd be kind of funny, but also kind of like show respect in a way. Like, oh yeah, he's a captain. Like, wow, he 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 did three of his PQSs. That's hard to get that done. And that's yeah. We should make a club about it, and then then you get the sash and you start three D printing. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to look too much like Boy Scouts, you know. It's kind of like under the radar kind of thing. <laughs> that, well, thank you for bringing that up to me. Really, this is a very interesting idea. It could be fun for a gaming group to do, or a bunch of friends, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I would play the game just just to work on something like that. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah, and like you said, there would be a huge list. So you'd look at the list and go, "What can I do this game? Yeah, exactly. What can I? What well, can I go for this?" This go around and try beat this mission. Like kill kill three HQs in one game or well, whatever. Want to be really hard to hire and rank? You'd be like when when um when a uh what do they call it? what do they call the what's one game called a one mission without losing uh any points or get a flawless victory or oh where the opponent gets no points no at all. Point. Yeah, that'd be a sign off. Uh, yeah, that would be. That's that's very cool. So thank you for bringing it up and thank you for being on McStorman. No problem. Thanks for having me. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. And tonight on Real Talk with the Pimpcron, Pimpcron and the lovely Cronette are going to discuss a moral dilemma. That's right. We are going to be talking about um, election rigging. We're going to be talking about abortion. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, racially charged issues, a lot of moral problems menstruation <laughs> is that a moral problem for you what that is weird <laughs> i didn't <laughs> it's racially charged actually. it's right ra- i don't even know how to take that okay i don't know it's the first so... thing in mind when we're off the, at that huge <laughs> random phrasing you put at the beginning i had to come up with something all right well you know this is this is something that's often um I like to think about moral dilemmas. I like to think about philosophical things and whatnot. So I would like to posit a situation to you, okay? okay? And I want your opinion on it, and I will also give mine because God knows I can't keep my opinions inside. You have lots so, of opinions. Yes. So I'm going to <clears throat> I'm going to give you a scenario. Okay. Okay. What if you had a friend? Well, first of all, the scenario has to be. Uh, contingent on you actually playing warhammer so pretend you play warhammer okay i'll pretend okay pretend you also have a friend i'm pretending okay um pretend your friend is a nice person blah 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 you've known them forever mm-hmm. and you know that whatever they do they go all the way with it they're okay. they're balls to the wall if um i'll just say it's a woman because because you're a woman so they're oves to the wall they're oves to the wall yes and um, I'll just I'll just say it's a, a girlfriend of yours, okay? So, okay. so this woman, when she likes a pair of shoes or a, a brand of new shoes, I'll say, okay, she buys all of the shoes, right? She's got a closet full of shoes. If she likes um, cooking, she's got every single cookbook out there. Okay. If she likes jogging, she owns every single article of clothing, the top notch running gear, all of that, right? Yeah. 
So anything she gets into hobby-wise, you know, if it's skiing or whatever. She goes all in. She yes. dives head first. Yeah, um, she's one of those um, uh, puppy accessory people where her dog is, you know, has like all the, the little um, push carriage cart <laughs> and like a whole, it's got its own closet, its height of like sweaters and stuff. Go right? in and sniff the one it wants to wear exactly. for the Exactly. Thank okay. you. So you're, I think you're on the same page with <laughs> me. So you know that she's going to go, you know that she would like Warhammer if she got into it. Okay. And you know that um, uh, she likes things like Warhammer. She Let's say she plays Dawn of War or the video games or whatever. And she's vaguely familiar that there is a tabletop game, but she's never played it. Now, do you feel like if you were to try to mention Warhammer, the tabletop game, to her, knowing all the financial implications of it and knowing how she acts to things, do you feel like you would be at all responsible if this is a bad thing for her life. Now, I know it might sound stupid that a tabletop game would be a bad thing in someone's life, but if they're a compulsive buyer or whatever, they're they're bad with money to begin with and they really go all in on things, then if this, let's just say this is a foregone conclusion because you know her so well. Okay. Do you have any responsibility as her friend to not bring it up to her and try to discourage her from getting into it? So this is actually a pretty, this is a very philosophical question. Um, Okay, so. I'm capable of more than just fart jokes. So as I was saying, (laughs) um, they've got, so there's a person I know who I know if I introduce them to this game, they're going to dive headfirst in, blow all their paychecks and potentially put other things at risk. Yes. So yes, I would feel morally responsible. However, like, if I if it was something that I truly enjoyed, then I would want to expose other people I know. Assume you do. Yeah, I would want to expose other people I know to something that I enjoy. Unfortunately, my personality would be like, hey, let me tell you about this, but I just want to warn you ahead of time that it's not a cheap hobby. This is something that costs a lot of money, and it may be something that if you get into it, it's going to, you know cost you more money ruin your life ruin your life take over your entire shed um no i mean <laughs> i don't have any experience with that um but i mean that's what i would feel i mean i think that you are personally responsible for what you expose other people to especially if you know their tendencies i mean if if i were to i don't know show somebody about heroin and i expose them to heroin knowing that they already have a uh, underlying risk of dependency because they drink alcohol all the time uh-huh. and they can't control their alcohol intake. I mean, to me, that seems like that that's an issue. I mean, that you're kind of setting them up to fail, but everybody's different. I mean, and as an adult, you have your own responsibility to take care of yourself. See, that's that's the, the thing that um, I'm morally on the fence about because partly your friend is an adult. We just assume she's an adult in this scenario, mm-hmm. right? She's capable of making decisions for herself. Now, you may know from her track record that she makes poor decisions Mm -hmm. when she gets excited about something. But you as her friend, you know, I'm always torn because do you have an obligation to try to protect her from that, knowing full well that she will probably react badly to it? It will be a bad element in her life, financially. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. If somebody's got that predisposition Anyway, they're going to find a way to be able to 
express that need because a lot of times people will overspend as a result of something you know it's kind of like an emotional need so to me whether i expose her to warhammer or to methamphetamines methamphetamines or cards against humanity saucy puppeteering food you know people are going to find some way to over fisting i don't know how you would overpay for fisting i I would assume i would assume if you're going after that service that there's kind of a flat fee oh okay well that's (laughs) i you would know personally it does put the term going all in (laughs) (laughs) oh this is too wrong anyway (laughs) anyway um Okay, so yes, I think there is some sort of potential moral dilemma with this. However, the I guess it's a libertarian or whatever that view is, midway, where you're responsible for yourself. Libertarian, yeah. You know, I believe that we are responsible for ourselves, and you can't protect people from <clears throat> themselves for the most part in general society. So ultimately, you're saying that um, you might try to warn the person, but ultimately it's their decision. And if they don't get into this, then they might actually get into, A, something worse— or they're just going to spend their money on something else anyway. Yeah, I mean, so if they're already, like, say they're a video game, like, addict, and all they do is play video games, they're just going to go from video game to video game to video game. At least this would get them away from a TV screen some of the time. Sure. Yeah. And, and you know, there are there are pros and cons to this. Because the pros would be that she may, you know, she would be joining your gaming group. Mm-hmm. You'd have someone else to play with, right? Yeah. You'd have another commonality with you and your friend because you'd both be into Warhammer. It would be a creative outlet for her. Mm-hmm. She could paint. She could model. She could whatever. Um, also, like, it, you know, it's, it's generally getting you out of the house. You're meeting new people. Yeah. She'd be making new friends. Like, there there are a lot of positives to this, but this is a very expensive hobby. So it but is... But you can make it cheaper. I mean, I remember me and you have talked on multiple occasions about doing eBay versus buying straight off and modding and sure. proxying and you know there's ways to make it cheaper and I mean you've told me about armies that were not at all what the characters were supposed to look like but that's it was uh, I don't even remember off the top of my head but there yeah, were yeah tons it, of people proxy things that you can make for cheap yeah and and play the same armies I mean it's the books that I guess are the more expensive as far as that goes or used to be it used to be they've actually come down a lot of the rule books I think are forty dollars. Where they used to be sixty yeah, at some 60 point, or 80 yeah, or something, yeah. But I mean, I think yes, there's a there is a moral. You have the you have the upper hand in the fact that you know the cost, and therefore you should. If you know somebody has a uh, propensity to go towards something and go head in, or you know, head dive straight into it, then you have the moral obligation to say this is an expensive hobby. Here is ways to make it cheaper. <laughs> And try to, you know, because I think, you're, I think honestly, <laughs> I, was, I was just, I was just formulating some joke like, okay, let's say she's in your fisting club and you know, she goes all in. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I just, you, you're just, you're elsewhere tonight. You're in the gutter. I think so. Yeah. Anyway. So ultimately you say it's their, their, their issue. You it's might try their to protect issue, them a but you can protect them. I mean, you, you okay. not protect. I guess you have a moral obligation to at least make them aware that this is expensive and make them aware that there are alternatives and there are ways to play the game without spending a thousand dollars. And, um, I, I'm still very much on the fence. Ultimately, I think, you know, from, from my past, my friends would usually come to me for advice and whatnot when we were very young teenagers and whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they would never listen to anything I said. So, they, in general, people don't tend to want to listen to opinions. Any, you know, to people they they know and like, and that's why they don't really, you know, it's, 
giving advice doesn't always do anything for people around you because they'll take your opinion, but they won't necessarily do anything with it. So I'm feeling like if I tried to protect my friend from this, from the get go, I really don't think that it would make any difference. Like, I don't think they'd listen to me. Number one, number two, they're going to spend their money on something else. Mm -hmm. And potentially they could, they could spend their money on something worse. So honestly, you know, knowing that Warhammer is a pretty safe thing, it's not like getting into methamphetamines or hardcore fisting. It's <laughs> nothing. Nothing compares to that group that you do once a month where they just practice your process. <laughs> I can't get over that. That that process just tickles me. Anyway, you will never forget. I will never forget the process after I heard about it. Yeah. Uh so anyway, I think I think ultimately adults should be responsible for themselves. It's fine to try to look out for a friend, but honestly, there are worse hobbies in the world. I mean, the nice thing about Warhammer, even though it's not my hobby, is that you're right. It is safe. You do get out of the house. In general, you've met some really great people through Warhammer. You're not staring at a computer screen or a TV screen, just kind of mind numbing and just mind vegging you're actually making your brain work you're thinking you're talking you're interacting i mean so there are worse things than that i mean a lot of people would just go rather spend their money and sit at the bar that's true and and if you have a friend like this that's going to spend their money regardless well they're going to spend it regardless so you might as well instead of so now i almost feel the other way that maybe you should encourage them to get in it versus any of the other things that you could be doing or yeah. they, they could be doing. Yeah, and I mean, it does set up the opportunity for them to make better friends. And I mean, over time, you're eventually going to, sounds bad, but eventually you're going to run out of reasons to spend money in Warhammer. It seems that way. You can true. only buy so many armies. You can only paint armies so many ways. It's true. My yeah. buying has slowed down considerably now that I have so many armies. So. You can only buy so much terrain. You can only buy so many sheds to store the terrain. Yeah. Um... So let's say your friend does get into it, uh-huh. right? You've got this attitude and it like wrecks her life. Would you feel any amount of guilt for bringing that into her life? Because she's just got, she just walks out every week of the store with like $400 in her arms and, you know. Like, I probably, yeah. I mean, I would probably, annoying myself, I'd probably say something. But come on. Do you really need that fourth army? Yeah. Eighth army? Yeah. Like that random... In just James's case, I think he counted 25 between Age of Sigma and 40K. He, he's got 25 armies? He, he's got almost every single army. Oh, gosh. I mean, literally, he's... I think he he might have every single army they make. Or, or very close to it. I mean, I don't even know how you would have enough time to paint those in a day. Uh, most of his stuff isn't painted. So that makes sense, right? That makes a lot more sense. I mean, like, <laughs> between, between like, clipping the models and gluing them together and painting them, like, the that is the so... Process. Lab- <laughs> <laughs> the process is so intense, man, between that and the fisting. It's just it's so true. intense. It's true. You know, my, my recreational fisting has really taken a hit since I've been into Warhammer. It really has. I thought being um, around the, all the I've, other guys would improve the fisting. I've had to apologize to Mike and the boys. Like, look, I got to... <laughs> I gotta just, oh, actually, he goes by Dirty Mike. Dirty Mike and the boys. And I'm like, sorry, Dirty Mike. You gotta, you gotta get another fister, because I just, <laughs> I don't know how to finish this. I'm hanging I here. I don't remember how to finish this. <laughs>
uh one of these days i'm gonna have merchandise for the podcast and i really want it to be the i want to get a, a mock-up of the logo of dirty mike and the fisting boys <laughs> <laughs> oh They're gosh make an appearance at shorehammer one year aren't they absolutely yeah. um let me think i know a couple people named mike so <laughs> if there isn't a, if the club does not exist i could start it <laughs> All right, well, thank you for being on, as always. Anytime. And enduring my endless fisting jokes. It's better than enduring the endless fisting. (laughs) Goodness for Dirty Mike. It's like endless soup salad and breadsticks. (laughs) It's it's like like the waiter comes back up. Excuse me, man, would you like more fisting? Oh, yes, please. Would you like cheese on it? Tell me when. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Bye. Let's get brutal. Hey, everybody. It's Let's Get Brutal with the Pimp Cron, where we discuss my 28mm free rules, use your own models, skirmish war game with RPG light elements. It's called Brutality Skirmish War Game. You should check it out. Go to our Facebook page and download the free rules and download the two 30-page supplements and uh, really enjoy it because it's awesome. And if you don't, you're a bad person. Anyway, we're continuing our... Actually, we're basically concluding the second 30-some page supplement called the Psychotropics. This is the final region, and it will be a two-parter as always. We are discussing the mudflats. So, you might be asking, this is the uh, intersection in your life where you're like, Hey, Pimpcron, what's the mudflats? Will you explain that? And too bad, I'm not gonna. So, good night. Just kidding. The Mudflats are a prime example of the greed and ambition of the Aether Realm. As the story goes, there's a great treasure buried under the Mudflats by a legendary bandit warlord called Nychar the Bloodthirsty. Centuries ago, he waged war against the Colgite Matrix in search of technology and is said to have massed a fortune during his raids. There was a time when the Matrix was not nearly as powerful or feared as they were now, and that's when he struck. Um, but the issue is that Nychar cut great swaths through the Colgite Matrix's territory. And what people didn't know is that the Colgites weren't really what he was after, even though he kept, the, kept their technology and things like that. Um, what he was really after is that he fooled enough people into joining him and dying for him over and over and over that it pleased the goddess, and he was granted the chance to escape this terrible place. So suddenly he was gone one day, and over time his empire dissolved into many minor groups. This is when his high-ranking members began to talk of a huge fortune buried in the mudflats. Um, Since that time, countless pilgrims have tried their luck at uncovering his lost wealth. There are no towns or cities in this region at all because there's no food to be found here. It's literally just muck and mud and it's constantly wet soil and um, a couple brown bushes or trees, but literally there's nothing of value here. Um, Unless, of course, you believe in the legends. Only a few minor camps can be found scattered here and there, and all of them basically are intrepid miners that are trying their hand at striking it big by finding his wealth. Nobody has yet found his wealth. As far as the residents, 
of this area. This area is kind of a blank spot for major factions, and that allows minor ones to take control in the power vacuum. The Chlorophenes are a small bandit group that live in the jungle nearby and consists of only plant-based people. They have a habit of robbing camps of miners in the mudflats. So that's where they find their treasure is in your camp while you're digging. Tinter's Court is a multi-species band of thieves led by their cutthroat ooze leader named Tinter. He's been known to swallow his members whole as punishment for transgressions. They can be found stealing in the larger area in towns from Strangletown all the way down to Port Zaytac. And um, Dynazek Importers is a small merchant conglomerate based out of the river that runs through the continent, through the Psychotropics. They trade in all kinds of goods, some of which, some of which are purchased at a very reasonable price from Tinter's Court. So, of course, all their merchandise is stolen, as you could expect, and... Um, that's basically all we're going to be covering tonight, but the Mudflats is a pretty neat place. It's got a neat little folk story, and uh, it's got some neat plants, and anim- well, the plants not so much, but it's got some neat animals to it, and um, there is a very cool little uh, parable that is supposedly true, and it's Tuck's Trickery. We'll cover that next episode as well. So, this is the end of the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast. You're sad. I'm sad. We are all sad. I'm so sorry that you have to wait a full week until next Monday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in the U.S. of A. to get your next installment of the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast. I hope you enjoyed all of our fisting references because that I know is why you download my episodes. And uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> we, we get into some weird crap. But... uh Anyway, so that is it for the Pemcron Warhammer podcast. As always, I would love to thank all of my Patreon patrons, and they keep the show going, and they, they cradle us in a warm cloth of love and financial uh, supplement, I guess. Anyway, I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, Emperor bless you all. And Satan bless you all, and God bless you all, because you are awesome. If you want to help out the show, uh, the best way to do that would be to leave a good review on Stitcher, on Podbean, on iTunes, on any of those areas, and uh, that will help more people see our show. Another thing you could do is share our podcast with a friend. That would be awesome as well. Uh, word of mouth is how you know things get get done. And... Lastly, the most direct way you can help us is join us on Patreon. If you like the show, if you just love joking about fisting, uh, like I'm sure you do, you could just log on there and um, you know give us a dollar a month or something like that. That would be way cool um, because I have a crippling heroin addiction. And uh, really, every dollar uh, it keeps me a couple minutes off the streets. All right, that's it. Uh, gee, I'd love to think of one more fisting joke, but unfortunately I can't. So, toodles until next week. This was the Pimpcron Warhammer Podcast, episode 37. <laughs>